Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by a buddy from college and my older sister. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. I had this friend in college, Fernando. Fernando was not my normal friend. He he was a guy I met in my rhetoric courses. And again, you got to remember, there was a very specific type of person who takes a rhetoric course. But a dude I met in my rhetoric courses, and for some reason, we grabbed lunch after, after one of the classes. Now, I was a rower in college. I took my studies very seriously, but I also rowed very intensely. We were getting up very early. We were working out multiple times a day. We were just really driven. And this dude, Fernando, was really interesting. He, he cared about rhetoric a lot, but he was also pretty lazy. Now, I don't, I'm not saying he was lazy just because he didn't, didn't do rowing like four hours a day, but he was lazy in that he knew he was smart enough to get through a lot of the courses without putting in a lot of work. So one thing he would do, which blew me away, he would go to the professors at the beginning of the semester and say, look, I forgot how to write. Now, these were rhetoric courses. All we did was argue and write papers. And he would say, I forgot how to write. And the professors would look at him and say, Fernando, um, there are five major papers that are due this semester, as well as smaller writing assignments on the weekly or daily basis. Like, what do you mean you forgot how to write? And he'd just say, hey, I forgot how to write. They said, well, w- what should I look at to grade you in this course? And he would say, grade me on my performance. And what he would do is he would do the reading And then he would go into class and essentially become that reading. He would embody the concepts. He would show the professor that he knew the concepts super well and and ask the professor to grade him on his performance in class. So essentially all all participation. And by the way, if he didn't didn't do the reading and he didn't perform well, he would get a bad grade. And amazingly, it blew me away, but amazingly… Some people took him up on this. Some people said, okay. And some didn't, as you'd expect. But some, at least, I think it was 50, 60% of the professors said, all right, man. All right, that's fine. Because look at it from their standpoint. You're going to grade fewer papers. And, you know, you're, you get somebody who's participating a lot in class, which is a big thing for you. And your life is easier. So he would do this. And I found that really interesting. And Fernando and I tried to hang out a lot of times. We'd get lunch. We'd, we'd play chess. I was very into chess at the time. And... For some reason, it just fell flat. It, it was difficult to hang out with somebody who didn't have the same kind of schedule that I had in life. It was a very odd thing because, again, I was getting up early. I was I was staying up late and getting these papers done. I was exhausted all the time. Fernando was sleeping until 11. You know, and it's not a problem. You know, sleeping as late as you want. You don't have anything else going on. But he was sleeping until 11 and then going out late, uh, just hanging out late. I was up late doing homework and then passing out, trying to get get enough sleep for, for practice the next day. And in spite of this, I really kept trying to make this friendship stick because I didn't have a lot of friends outside of rowing for this very reason. It was just very difficult to make friends that weren't engaged in the same kind of just life-consuming pursuit that, that I was. And it just didn't work. It didn't work. We eventually would just 
wouldn't call each other. This was before texting was a big thing. If texting was a thing, maybe we would have connected more. But, man, it just didn't work. And it's kind of bothered me for a long time. And, and the other day, for some reason, I was thinking about my older sister. I have, a, I have an older sister who's about 13 years older than I am. And her name is Sama. And Sama was definitely alternative, you know, the, from, from a young age, was, was way more alternative than I was, especially when, when I was about seven or eight. I was a pretty standard kid and liked Legos and video games. And, and my family was not, this was not a great time when I was younger, right? My parents got divorced. It was pretty ugly. And Sama kind of got dragged into it. So, you know, she didn't come around that often. But when she did, man, I was a little kid. I wanted her attention, so badly. I wanted her approval so badly. And I would always want her to play with me. Oh, Sama, play with me, play with me, play with me. And and so she'd be like, okay. But again, she was really alternative. So she was, she didn't do, she has never had the desire to sugarcoat or filter what she said to people. And she's never had the desire to sugarcoat or filter herself in life she was like i'm going to be authentic and i'll be myself she'd for instance she'd pass gas as crude as it sounds not excuse herself not apologize just be like oh i guess i did do that (laughs) thinking about it now it's really funny because you're like dude here's this eight or nine year old sitting at the kitchen table and all of a sudden you know i lack a lot of filter at eight or nine i lack a lot of filter now to be honest but lacked a lot of filter at eight or nine and just be like oh my gosh did you fart? And she'd be like, I guess I did. (laughs) So I convinced her to play Legos with me one day. And I was super pumped about this. We had one of the things I had as a kid, as as a primary toy is we had this giant grapefruit size, uh, grapefruit box. My dad would get his uh, shipments of grapefruits from Texas as, as our fruit. And it came in this big box, probably three feet long, you know, foot and a half deep. And, uh, you know, foot and a half high, filled with mismatched Legos. So it was your creativity, sky's the limit, whatever you could build. And I really like uh, space stuff, right? Sci-fi stuff. We watched a lot of Star Trek when I was growing up. So I was always building these spaceships and space fighters. And I really loved that kind of techie stuff. And I would tell him, like, check out this space space fighter, this spaceship that I'm building. It's awesome, right? So I'm, I'm again, eight or nine. I'm like, look at this, look at this, look at this. And I was like, it has jets here, and it has laser shooters here, and it has a little cockpit for the guy, a little Lego guy in it. And she would say, well, I don't really like, I don't really like the lasers. I don't like those lasers. She was very, you know, not necessarily a term, but very, very peaceful oriented. And again, the the eight, nine-year-old me was like, oh, okay, okay, um, okay, these are ice cream shooters, right? And so I would, I would really bastardize my own playing. I would really screw up my, ho- my own story of, of what was going on to appease her because I wanted her to be there. I wanted her to be around and, and play with me. And she'd be like, okay, they're ice cream shooters. And she knew that I was just changing the name just to appease her. I'm like, all right, so this is my awesome spaceship. It has rockets, excuse me, like rocket jet, jet rockets. And, and it's got this little cockpit and, and it shoots ice cream, right, at people. All right, let's play with these. And she'd be like, well, I just really want to build it. I'm like, wait, what? She's like, well, I just want to build it. I don't want to play with it. And I'm like, wait, what? I just spent a half an hour building this spaceship that shoots stupid ice cream 
at people and you don't even want to play with it with me now. Like you can't even pretend, just fly it around the room, fly this stupid thing and pretend like you're shooting ice cream at each other. She's like, no, I just, I like looking at them. I like having them. And I remember this very distinctly. It was such a letdown, even though I was trying so hard to get her to play with me and doing whatever she wanted. We were going to build Legos. We weren't going to run around because she didn't want to run around. Then we were going to build a certain type of Lego and it was going to have these certain features that appealed to her, not to me. And it fit into her whole narrative. And then we were going to play with it the way she wanted to play with it, which is essentially just hold it and look at it. And it was just a wholly unsatisfying thing to go through. This happened to me 30 years ago. I remember it distinctly wholly unsatisfying thing and it bothered me and it it pops into my head now and then and you know what it is at the end of the day it's our desire to change who we are to attempt to appease other people so they accept us so that we're in line with them that's all it is i was trying to get a playmate I was trying to get somebody to participate with me in life and engage with me in life and the things I liked. And no matter what I was going to do, this person was not going to be interesting. Or excuse me, interested. My sister was not going to come down to my level as an eight-year-old and play, you know, these little spaceships with me. That's just, she just wasn't going to do that. And as an eight-year-old, I kept trying. As a 21-year-old with Fernando... I couldn't articulate why, but I guess I knew deep down, let him go, man. Let him go. You're not aligning. He's not going to be necessarily interested in the things you are. Yeah, you share enough interest that you've each attempted to hang out, but you're not going to, you're not going to be each other's guy. You're just not going to be that. And I let it go. And thank God I did. Thank God I did. Because at the very least, as frustrating as this spaceship ice cream shooter BS was when I was a kid, at least I can see that by the age of 21, I had enough self-respect and self-awareness to know that I'm not going to line up with everyone. I'm not going to be friends with everyone. And I sure as hell knew at 21 I was not going to lie about my interests, lie about my passions, lie about like my life pursuits to a, try to appease somebody else, to try to get somebody else to like me. Because that's all I was doing as a foolish child. And as frustrating as it is that Fernando and I never aligned, and it's something that stuck with me, as frustrating as that is, man, changing myself relinquishing control over my honesty to myself and other people, giving up all that, that would have been so much worse. There are going to be some people that no matter what you do, no matter how badly you want it, you're just not aligned with. And the sooner you make peace with that, the sooner you're going to be able to get through the day be a lot happier and surround yourself with people that actually do like you, that actually do accept you for you.
And those people are the people worth investing in. I'm Matt Todd, and this is the engine that drives me. Go out and crush it.